0: we <laughs>
1: What's going on wedding community podcast today. I am joined by the one and only Alea Harris with Flourish Marketing. Alea is an award-winning marketer. Her company Flourish Marketing specializes in providing marketing strategies and tools to help wedding pros strive in their industry. Um, I had the privilege to actually hear Aleya speak and she has a wealth of knowledge, so I'm very excited to have her on this mm-hmm. week's episode of the wedding community podcast. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Travis. I've been really looking forward to this recording.
1: Awesome, I've been really looking forward to having you too. Um, With everything opening up, have you found that business has been pretty busy for you?
0: Business has been busy. Um, It's funny because it was good even during the shutdown for the, it's like two different kinds of people. The people that were like, oh, I'm gonna get my marketing together while I have the time and I'm gonna use some of my savings. Those people were during the thick of the pandemic. Now I'm dealing with the people like, oh crap, (laughs) I was supposed to do this during the pandemic and I didn't use my PPP money for this. So now I need help.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can totally relate. Um, We had a lot of uh, non-wedding clients reach out like commercial based stuff. Last year, and they were very interested in it, and they they saw the power of video from how last year was. And but there was that hesitation because it's like, well, we don't know how much money we're going to be making and like, how long will this pandemic go on. So they delayed and delayed and delayed. And then like, for us here in Illinois, it's like, all of a sudden, it was just like, Overnight, everything was just open and it was like, mm-hmm. okay, we're back to normal. And then all of these businesses I talked to in 2020, they're all like reaching back out to me again. They're like, exactly. okay, we need it. We need a move. We need to go and, on. And this. it's like,
0: and we needed it yesterday. I'm like, right. Should have bought it yesterday.
1: Right, right. <laughs> I'm glad that you feel my pain travis i do i do and then i'm guessing speaking arrangements are probably happening in person again right
0: oh my gosh yes i am well my very very first one in person was um with a chicago shout out to uh those uh, that's that's near your hood yeah um and then i just uh got back from cater source and i'm speaking at uh experience and then wedding mba is coming up Man, it feels so good to see people in person. Oh my gosh! Even I was like, I don't really care if I make any money. If I don't, I'm just <laughs> glad I get to talk to people. I get to be on a stage. Y'all get to see my outfits from like my waist down. Like,
1: <laughs> you can't get away with pajama pants anymore. Can't get away with
0: pajama <laughs> pants. I kid you not, though. When I was packing, I was like, hmm, I should probably try these on because I worn pants pants in a while in front of other people like make sure that all this still makes sense
1: (laughs) yeah it's good to be back it's uh it's it's a little weird at first almost too like I remember the the first wedding I had that had like over 150 people this year it's like man it feels like there's like 400 people in here and they're like no there's just 150 it's just like you're so used to seeing such small crowds it's kind of surreal to see the big crowds again
0: It almost feels naughty, right? Because you're like, wait, wait, it's okay. Are we? Yeah, like, are we supposed to? Like,
1: where's my mask, you know? (laughs) Right, right, exactly. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I would love to kind of hear the backstory of how you got started and what, you know, the steps that led to where you are now. Sure thing. I'll I'll try to keep it
0: quick style. Yeah. Um, So I started off after I graduated from the University of Southern California. I started off in the cosmetic and um, fashion industries. And that was like, not for me. I was like, I don't care how many times you sew the jeans differently and sell them for $400. I just, it was not capturing my passion. How about that? Which was a good thing because I got laid off from the cosmetic company that I actually ended up working for. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's that. Um, And my sorority sister was over at my house and she was eating my food and she said, you know, you should go to culinary school, which I hope means that the food was good that and could have been better. Not that it was just so horrible that I needed some serious help. Um, and I did. I went to culinary school for two years. And during culinary school, I started a catering company and a private chef company. And um, right out of school, my very first large private chef client was Stevie Wonder. And I traveled the world with him, was his private chef, was also a private chef for other celebrities and high net worth individuals and as I was doing this I was like this is the dream right this is so cool and I'm like "Mm, something's not right and then I realized it was because I wanted to build an empire and I'm like you can't it's hard to build an empire while you're in somebody else's empire if it's not related to like the empire you wanted to build like I I can play the piano but let's just say that Stevie's skill level and my skill level are very different on the piano. So like I'm not trying to like learn from him on how to be a musician and he can teach me all these things that I can go off and strike on my own. That was not the position I was in and I loved it but I said I need to be able to do something else with myself. So I applied and I ended up working for Google um, as a vendor partner and uh, on their food team and it was great. I had a global role and then I rose up to the ranks of the head of marketing for North America for my parent company. So I'm in this cushy job, golden handcuffs, grumpy about it. I'm like, girl, you're just not ever gonna be happy, are you? (laughs) And I took a look around and I said, it's the same feeling, there's something missing. When I was cooking for people, I loved it because I was helping to connect them with themselves through food and helping them amplify and flourish in their lives. And when I was working at Google, I was helping do that through behavioral science and economics and communications. And now I'm kind of like a little bit farther removed. So I started Flourish Marketing. And then I was like, well, I had conversations with myself that said something like, okay, universe. I'm totally gonna quit my job. I totally, I promise, I'm totally gonna quit. I just need to make sure that every single credit card is paid off, my student loans are paid down and I have like six months of savings, obviously, before I quit. None of that happened. Not even, (laughs) not even close. (laughs) I had just got a new car and the week after that, I was laid off. (laughs) So it was not how I planned it, but I needed to let go of that and to dive into flourish marketing. And, and now I get to bring my knowledge of being an entrepreneur multiple times and being in the corporate executive role and knowing marketing strategy for over a decade and translate that to business owners, um, helping them flourish in business and, and in life because it's they know how to do what they do, but they often don't know how to tell other people that they do know how to do what they do. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we come in.
1: Yeah. Essentially it's the storytelling of it, right? You know, like we, uh, we have kind of a story with our business and the client is a certain role and we're a certain role. And a lot of people don't even realize that, you know, they're just trying to make a transaction. They don't realize everything that's going on underneath all of that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's what I try to bring to the light and make it a lot easier and help people, tell their own story because doing your own marketing is the
1: hardest marketing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So obviously you're in marketing, um, but that's a very, that could be a very broad term. So uh, yes. I would love if you could kind of narrow down, like what are some of the specialties that you really focus on when it comes to marketing?
0: We focus on three things, uh, strategy. Uh, so it's messaging strategy and business strategy. And the second thing that we focus on is copywriting. So sales, copywriting for Emails, social media management, blogs, websites. And then the third thing is bioenergetic business coaching. Bioenergetic business coaching helps you match yourself as an entrepreneur with your energy levels, your vision, your goals, unearth what is holding you back, get to the root causes, fix it, and then help unblock it actually in your business so it's like let's now see how that has affected your marketing funnel and how we can address that issue and how that affects you and your team moving moving forward
1: Okay. I, I want to focus on the one that uh, I thought of right there was the copyright. Because I, I think it's interesting because a lot of times when I talk to, especially photographers, I feel like this is very common with photographers. There's this kind of thing of like, no one can write for me. They won't be able to. So like, I would love to kind of hear your thoughts on like how to get over that hurdle of having someone else write for you.
0: That's one of the biggest objections we get. Well, you could write, but are you going to sound like me?
1: Right. <laughs> like, You don't
0: even sound like you. Have you read your stuff? Um, (laughs) What you're looking for when you're looking for a copywriter is someone who has the ability to almost be what, what people have called me as a method copywriter, like a method actor. Getting into the heads of not you, but your ideal client. Because with, first of all, the first rule of marketing, like the first rule of Fight Club is no one cares about you and you need to check your ego to the side. It doesn't really matter how passionate you are if your passion doesn't solve someone's problem. So what the voice you should be concerned about first and foremost is the voice of your client. So you need to find someone who can connect with that. So if you hone in on who your ideal customer is and then you hone into their pain points, the copywriter needs to sit back and be like, okay, so if I was a couple and I was just getting about to get married Maybe i picked in a couple of other vendors. I'm trying to hire a photographer or videographer, but I'm looking at my budget and video is the first thing to go. How do I convince them that they need video? Well, let's talk about grandchildren. Let's talk about legacy. Let's talk about, let's talk about how you want all those moments captured. And let's talk about how you want, need something to watch on your anniversary every year. Is that what's going to resonate with them? Okay, probably. So now let me come from that place and then use visual language. So when you're using a structure like the StoryBrand framework, I'm a StoryBrand certified guide, which means I use a narrative-based framework and a narrative approach to marketing to actually tell that story. So you want a marketer that uses the frame, uses a framework, preferably StoryBrand, I'm biased. And then they are able to pinpoint the, the points, that your ideal customer is interested in, and then they copy right on top of it. So a lot of the issues that I see in copy is that they didn't take the second step. The website says, video is the most important thing in your wedding to create lasting memories. Not a lie, not wrong, not bad, but the problem is that's not exciting or interesting. Instead you want to say, Picture this, imagine you're at your 50th wedding anniversary surrounded by your kids and your grandchildren. You're all sitting there at the party that they threw to celebrate your legacy and they pop on the screen the the video where their family first started, where you now are being celebrated as the matriarch, the patriarch of your family's heritage. They would never be able to have that experience if you hadn't taken video on your wedding day. That's copywriting, as opposed to the it's the most important part of your day situation where it doesn't hit you emotionally. It doesn't paint a picture for you. It's not visual. It doesn't resonate with your ideal client, right? So when you're copywriting, one, don't be so concerned if it sounds like you. It needs to use the words of your ideal client. Two, if you have a very, very distinct voice, which is more rare than you think it is, then when you're communicating with your copywriter, say, these are the words not to use. These are the words to use. This is how I want people to feel when they're on our website. I had I was copywriting for a DJ and he goes, be sexy and sassy. I was like, yeah. first of all, I'm always sexy and sassy. So no problem. <laughs> and he said, write like that. I said, okay, we could write like that. Cause he he chose that because, that's what his ideal customer resonates with. He's been in business since 1999. He knows his client like the back of his hand. He said, be sexy and sassy, but not because, I mean, he's sexy and sassy too, but it wasn't him. It's not an egotistical point of view. And when you're when you have the audacity to tell someone that no one can sound like you and write in your voice, ask yourself if that really matters.
1: Yeah, I think that's hard for a lot to hear. Like I, I go on the Facebook groups and you always see the bride that's like, oh, I'm looking for a videographer for the, for the state. And all the videographers come in there. It makes me think of like Finding Nemo and the birds. So like mine, mine, mine. And they're all like, I'll tell your story. I'll tell your unique story. I'll tell your unique story. And it's like, they think they're sounding like special because they're like the way they're wording is like oh I'm telling them no, that we're gonna because tell a they're story using the word unique yeah yeah but it's <laughs> That's like always my favorite I'm like it's unique is no longer unique guys. yeah <laughs> and, and the bride doesn't know what that means a unique story like she's probably like what like I, I met him at a bar and like we're getting married now like what is that what does that even mean but when you paint what does a picture even yeah when you paint a picture um you know like what I do on the call I usually use my own life stories or I use life stories of past couples. And I'll kind of use that to paint a picture. Like, you know, if I have a bride and she's like, you know, our grandparents are very important to us. We don't know how much longer we'll be there. And I'll kind of use, you know, I have a story of a bride from last year where, um, same kind of thing. Her grandpa was in super great health, was at the wedding. And then like a week later he passed away. And it's like, they were scrambling mm-hmm. to find whatever they could. And I'm like, don't worry, we got you. We got like tons of footage of him and stuff. And that they cherish that forever. And it's like, sometimes you got to kind of like put them in that space because especially yeah. when you're planning your wedding, it's all like happy and rainbows and excited. And you're not thinking about the future of how, like, you know, some of these people might not be here anymore. You might not ever hear them again. And essentially, what we're doing is we're documenting that time and place, and we're we're allowing you to be able to go relive that. But if I just kind of said on a thing like, "Hey, your grandpa might die," you know, like we <laughs> like that's just going to be your like, oh, might like die. What? Use what us for we-? video. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> no. what is he saying? But when you you know you're telling a story with it, and you're kind of like helping them put themselves in there in, in those shoes, they they get it a lot. More. Or same with like um you know I'll I'll suggest things and then I give them a reason why you know like a lot of times um we do like a first look with the dad or something and like sometimes you are like oh I don't know if I want to do that and I'm like here's why we should do that and then I kind of explain like how we can utilize that with the rest of the film and kind of breaking that down and then they're like oh okay I get it. But if I was just like yeah we should do that but with no reason then it's like oh okay I'm here's I'm a, not shot, list. Do it. a yeah, shot list. A shot list is not
0: personal. A shot yeah. list is not a story exactly yeah totally spot on love it
1: cool cool and um the uh I don't know where I was gonna go with that I forgot oh um so I I would love to hear um why you kind of picked wedding pros as a niche I know you work with like a lot of different businesses and brands but I know you do a ton with like wedding pros so I would just kind of love to hear why you decided you wanted to get into that niche
0: yeah. Well, I mean, it was home. I mean, yeah. I was I owned a catering company. Yeah. So when I decided to start a company is like, I knew I didn't want to get to do anything that was corporate. Cause I was in corporate. I was trying to not do corporate. So I was like, well, I have a, I have a degree in food. I've worked in food. I've done weddings. Um, I thought about just focusing on chefs, but I love you chefs. All my chefs out there listening to me, y'all are not marketers. So it was a very small market to try to just market to chefs and 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 caterers. So I said, okay, I love let's let's love love. Let's do the entire wedding industry. And it's I expected more chefs to gravitate towards me because of my background, but in actuality, I have planners and stationers and photographers, and I do have some chefs, but the they were not the early adopters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> great, great. And um Kind of going back to copyright um, and just websites in general, do you, do you find there's like a certain amount of text that is the right amount of text to have on your website? Cause I see some websites and it's like, and I think we might even be a little guilty of this. They're just like, giving you like all the information. But then I have, I see some where it's like literally like one sentence, some photos and then like a contact form. And that's like the whole website. So I would love to kind of hear like, what is the right amount of that?
0: Neither one of those.
1: No. All right. Great.
0: (laughs) So the, the goal is to actually have sales copy. So a lot of websites do look like the second website that you mentioned where it's like a word, couple of lines and buy now, buy, buy, buy. First of all, you look desperate. So don't do that. Second of all, remember that marketing is an exercise in building lucrative relationships. If you're going to build a relationship in person, flesh and blood, human being, you would start off with small talk, exchange information, get to know each other, right? Then be like, okay, let's seal this deal. Let's get married right off into the sunset. Your marketing funnel and your website needs to act in a very similar way. Make sure they understand very clearly before they scroll anywhere, what you do, who you serve and how to buy from you. So a lot of the times, oh, and then with your location based where you are, a lot of the times there's no location on there. There's a button that says contact, but contact is not the same as buy now. Is not the same as schedule a call or book, a, get a quote, book now. You need buttons like that throughout your homepage. The amount of text in your header should be simple, but it should be captivating. Remember, people interact with websites in the same way that they interact with Instagram on their phone. They scroll and scan. They don't click and read, meaning your header should not be talking about what's happening underneath them. So it's not like you have your header that says, go read the body text. No, it's the header is the main message, and people should be able to understand your main sales points by just reading the header. And then if they're really interested, they'll read the subtext underneath. You do want to keep your text short, you want to keep it client centric and you wanna keep it broken up by images, but not just only images. Think of it like maybe you have a header and you know four lines underneath that, and then you have an image, and then you have another header and four or five lines underneath that, and you use lots of white space to keep the information flowing. The most important thing to do is lead with the problem that you're solving. Because in any story, if there's no problem, there's no story. So like Star Wars without a Death Star, is just lots of sword fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all it is, right? For no reason even, it's just like a sport, like like competitive chess or something. Right? There's no reason to have the entire saga. Um, same way without Voldemort, there is no reason to have Harry Potter movies, books, none of it. You need a problem and, and something that people are overcoming. And that's what hooks them into the story. So you start off with their problem. It can be an easy way. Do you feel this? Have you experienced this? Is this what your living room looks like right now? Is this what your brain feels like right now? Things like that. You lean into that problem and then present yourself as a solution. When you're leaning into your credibility, you also don't just have bullet points of 10 years of experience or this certification. It's really great to say, because I've been in this business for over 10 years, I've seen it all and no drama or issues can surprise me because I've learned and developed my emergency kit finely tuned so that what, no matter what, your wedding will go off without a hitch if I have anything to do with it. That's how you articulate why you're of value. So it's not so much about lots of text, it's about the right text and people reading it and feeling something. Because people make decisions based on emotional purchases rather than the cold, hard facts. You need all of it, but people pick up the phone to call you or click the button to schedule a call because you made them feel good about doing that. And if you can clear the confusion about who you are, what you do, and how to buy from you, and then make them feel good about working with you, you'll land more clients and your website will be much more effective.
1: Yeah, that makes total sense too. Just from like doing consultations with couples, it's very rare I book a couple because of the cold hard facts. It does happen sometimes. Like sometimes you get a groom who's a super techie and they're like, what camera are you using? And what kind of lights do you have? And what kind of, do you have a drone? And like, they're, they're like super into that. And then they, they end up booking and I never even like talked about anything emotional. It was all like, you know, the facts and that was it. But it's very rare. Like, I feel like that's happened maybe three times out of the 10 years I've been doing this. So it's, you're, you're rarely going to win just off of that. You know, if you, if you're talking to a bride and you start listing off the types of cameras you have, you're going to lose her in like two seconds. So oh, yeah, <laughs> she's
0: like, are the pictures going to be clear? Great. Next issue. Right, How right. do you deal with crazy bridesmaids? Cause I have 20 of them.
1: Like Right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, that's really good. Um, I'm kind of curious your thoughts too. So in the kind of like world that we're in where there's social media platforms for like anything and everything you can think of. And like, they're very accessible. A lot of people are on there, tons of traffic. Do you, do you find that a website is still important to have if you could just be making a Instagram page or a Facebook page? Yeah, that's a common mistake. So a couple of things
0: here. One You don't own Instagram or Facebook. If you did, hopefully you're not even listening to this. You're on your yacht with a Mai Tai big kick in it, right? Like that's what I would be doing. (laughs) Um, But that means that if it shuts down, if it changes an algorithm like Instagram just did (laughs) and because they're trying to now be TikTok as a whole situation, you have no control. You can't do anything about that. You can't control how many people see your messages. You can't control if you get blocked. You could get get cut off from your entire audience by using your social media feeds as your main hub. What you need to be thinking about is, is all roads lead to the final destination of your website, because on your website is where they make a purchase. So Yes, have an Instagram or Pinterest and LinkedIn. Yes, be on social. But the goal for that is to build a know, enough know, like, and trust that people are like, you know what, let me see what this person's really about. And they go to your website and they download your lead magnet and they become part of your email list, which you have much more control over. And then they schedule a call and they book with you. There is no such thing as a silver bullet in marketing. There's not a do this one thing and you will be rich and famous. If there were, I would have done it already and so would have you. <laughs> so what you need to keep in mind always is your marketing funnel. How are you attracting, converting, and closing new business. So pick one strategy for each of those three things, attraction, conversion, and closing. Are you going to attract people by running ads? Are you going to convert them by social organic social media posts? Are you going to close them by sales emails? Or are you going to close them by cold outreach and sales calls? Whatever it's going to be, pick one thing in each and let that marketing funnel flow and work for you so that you Aren't always beholden to either one platform or one technique. A lot of people in the pandemic realized that they had no marketing funnel, um, and they realized it very quickly because they're like, "Okay, so I was living off of referrals, and then like now referrals aren't coming because no one's getting married, and like how do I even like kickstart this thing again? Because I didn't have an audience, and." Now, the folks that have a marketing funnel that have been putting together content are, are seeing how much more future-proof their businesses are because they can start different service lines if they wanted to. They could start digital products if they wanted to because they have an audience that's ready and waiting to buy from them that knows them and likes them and trusts them. So. Instagram is incredibly important as part of the overall picture same thing with your website incredibly important as part of the overall picture but neither one of them should exist without the other you shouldn't necessarily have social without a website or vice versa.
1: Okay, that's, that's great. Uh, it makes perfect sense too, because, um, you know, I, I hear a lot of times too. Uh, with the email um you know even that one i feel like is something you don't hear about a lot anymore like email marketing but it's true that like that's like kind of the one form of contacts you know other than people's cell phones i guess where you kind of own that i mean granted i guess all of a sudden one day all of our emails could be deleted or something but for the most yeah. part but that's
0: very boring, yeah unlikely. yeah <laughs> i don't think that will
1: ever happen that'd be like if all of our phone numbers got deleted or something yeah but uh um, yeah. yeah so that that's definitely like you're you're getting a lot more in front of them whereas like with facebook one day that person might just delete their facebook account you know like i'm done with all this political stuff on facebook i'm done you know done. they delete it, and, and, and then the, they could have been a cute. paying client that you had
0: yeah, and you have no control of that. And you also have no control, like for example, it used to be maybe uh, two-ish years ago, you needed a Facebook page. You should be posting on that sucker. Like nobody's business, you're gonna grow your audience. Then they changed the algorithm and now they don't show Facebook pages really in your feed at all. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well then, so much for that. Yeah. Just wasted all that time. Now I need to go, what do I need to do? Get a Facebook group. Okay, well now I'm posting on Instagram wait, now I can't, now you need me to make reels? Oh, crap. Like you, you, you have to keep up with it where email is email is email. Email is my favorite tool to use. It's the one that has the best conversion for me when I'm trying to sell. People are in my audience. They know me, they like me, they trust me, they want to hear from me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw that firsthand myself, like in my own business, like, just like you were saying, Facebook used to be like our thing. It was like, whenever we had a film, we premiered it on Facebook. We tagged, the couple, any of their family we had, the vendors, the venues thousands and thousands of views it'd be getting shared around everywhere and then just like one day it just like didn't work anymore and it was like nope. I would tag them I would share with them and it just wasn't getting in front of anyone so then I'm like all right well I probably should start doing something else and it just kind of timed out that way too where we also asked for our couple social media handles and slowly I started noticing a lot of times they didn't even include a Facebook they only include an Instagram and we're like weren't even on Instagram so it's like well maybe we should look into that so now we mostly use instagram Instagram and YouTube to share and that's been going well and then we've tried TikTok a few times and it's worked yep. so it's like you have to just kind of keep trying and just going with the flow and now I mean we still post stuff to Facebook but it's like I'm it's just kind of an afterthought at this point you know it's not yeah. the focus anymore I just
0: I I and for all of our social media clients and for my own brand I just cross post from Instagram so when we mm-hmm. schedule we batch create and schedule posts a month, a month in advance So whatever's on Instagram is on Facebook because it really doesn't matter. You need to keep some kind of presence and you do need a page if you're going to do any type of social media advertising on Facebook Mm -hmm. or Instagram, but it's not worth uh, pouring your heart into. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Um, Well, one thing I would love to kind of get your thoughts on too is um, kind of like, so we were talking about text, but then you kind of have the other side, the visual side, pictures and things like that. How much is, is there... Can you go too overboard with like showing yourself? Should you even be showing yourself when it comes to your website? I'm kind of curious your thoughts on like, what's the best way to approach that? You
0: should definitely show yourself at least once on your website because people want to know you, the person that's actually going to show up at their wedding or the person that is behind the helm if you have folks working for you. Mm -hmm. That question depends on your brand positioning. Are you positioning the brand as yourself? Like Oprah? right? On the cover of her magazine every single month, right? She has yeah. a whole army of people that work for her. But the company's called Oprah or Harpo, which is her name spelled backwards. Right, <laughs> Um, And it's her face. And that's the brand that she's built. Clearly it works, right? No one's like, oh, Oprah, bad branding. No, no one's saying that. It's just a choice. It's just a decision, how out in front you want to be. Or do you want to be like, I don't know, who who owns Spotify? I have no idea. I don't know what they look like. I don't like, they are, it's not a personal, not a personal brand at all. They've taken their brand and they made it into something. And the same thing with Coca-Cola. You might be like, oh yeah, I think I remember like so-and-so was a CEO. I have no idea. I mean, these are publicly traded companies. So technically the market owns them, but right. if they were private, it's like, even say like the CEO owned it. You're like, I don't really know who that is, but I know that red circle and the Coca-Cola and those polar bears right? That's another way of branding. Making that decision will determine how often you show up in your own feed. Also your future goals and the way you publicize your business. So are you trying to be a speaker? Do you have a book that's coming up? Do you have a podcast? Then show up more, put your face out there more. If you don't, and, that, and that's not what you're trying to do, and you have lead magnets that are related directly to your business with your business name on it, then then you don't need to be as concerned about that. So when you're making that decision, what it's really based off of is how comfortable you feel with being the face of your brand. Also, if you're thinking long term, are you planning on selling your company? Ever. If you're planning on selling your company and you are your brand, then it's, worthless to somebody else. So for me, for example, I have Flourish Marketing. Yeah, I pop up on that feed um, and more of a transitional thing um, because my website used to be AleahHarris.com and I was like, no, I eventually may want to sell this company and that's not going to work because I'm not selling a name. and now we're doing a whole new content strategy where you're going to see my team members start popping up more and you see stock images and you see videos and you're going to see reels from them and the things that they talk about. It's not written in the first person often. It's written and we're starting to transition more to be written as like an us and a we and the language that we're using. Whereas I have another Instagram that's lay Harris because I get to do things like this. I get to speak on podcasts. I get to be speakers on the stage. Maybe I'll have a book coming out and that's my own. Own personal brand, and it feeds business to Flourish Marketing, but it allows me also to be out there in the world. Flourish Marketing by Alaya Harris, right? So I've made that decision because of my goals. What are your goals? And then something so simple, it's a simple question that you ask, but it actually has a lot of ramifications for mm-hmm. strategy with when do you plan to retire? If you plan to retire within the next five years, take your picture off your website. You need to build your SOPs up. You need to put your 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 team forward and your productization of your services forward, so that somebody else can buy that and take that over. So it's it's much deeper than just which headshot. Should <laughs> <I think.
1: laughs> yeah, that's really good, and and that's something I think this is really good stuff to be thinking about. It's like. You know, a lot of times people are just like, "Oh, you know, this photographer puts himself all over like their website." I'm gonna do that too, but it's like their goals could be totally different than your goals. Mm
0: -hmm. Exactly. Don't do not do a monkey see, monkey do. First (laughs) of all, their stuff is all over their website. Do you know if it's working? Right. Don't do it just because it's there. You have to. There's listen to the podcast. Check out your competitors and your frienders and sometimes your frenemies, right? Read the books. At the end of the day, you own your business. So those decisions about who you are need to come from inside of you. Otherwise you're just a copycat. And it's, trust me, it's a lot easier to copycat on somebody else's payroll. Like if you want to be a copycat, go back to the cubicle. Cubicles make me itch. I could never, but go back to the cubicle, go get your desk at a nine to five and copycat there with a whole lot less stress than trying to be a business owner. This is your opportunity to be yourself, to be bold, to create something that no one has ever done before in the way that only you can do it. So somebody else with their photos all over the website are like, oh, now we're doing light and airy, or now we're doing dark (laughs) and moody. Do something else. Those are the people that truly succeed. Copycats are not the ones who stand out with million dollar companies. They're the ones who come afterwards and are trying to replicate a success that they do not understand. So create your own path.
1: I love it. That's great. Um, I'm going to, I think, I think I'll wrap it up there. I mean, like that. that's just like, good. I don't know where we could really go from there. I don't think we need You're it like, that's, all,
0: that's all we have. I'm good.
1: Yeah. We're um, going to be out. Yeah. I, uh, before we do leave, um, I just want to, I just want to throw out one more question for you. So like, let's say I'm a small business owner, just starting out not ready to invest in someone like yourself for marketing help yet, but hopefully they would at some point, but let's say they're not ready to do that. Um, But, and I wanna try to do some of the marketing myself. What is some advice that you would leave them with?
0: Don't run into the trap of education overload. So don't allow the education that's out in the world to inform the structure of your business and your own business priorities. There's a lot of people educating about a lot of things. The education could all be great. It's not, by the way, but let's say hypothetically that it is. But that doesn't mean that it's great for you and your business and your niche. So the very first thing that you need to do is find a format and a structure and then start to determine what are the areas where you need support or you need to expand your knowledge. A great place to start with that is Donald Miller's book, Business Made Simple, because it goes over how do you run a business and what are all of the components of running a business? And as you go through, and a value-driven professional, as you go through there, you're like, oh okay, yeah, I'm really great at productivity. I'm really great at finances. I used to be an accountant, but like, yeah, this whole marketing funnel situation, that's what I need to hone in. And then find the supplements to that. When you're looking for educators, don't start on Clubhouse. Let's stop. Let's start there. there. There are wonderful educators on Clubhouse, but there's also a lot of crap on Clubhouse. Go to places that are vetted where someone had to have somebody else tell them that they could get on their stage, like a wedding summit series, like Cater Source, like uh, if you're a member of NACE, like NACE Experience. Someone had to vet us. So I, I speak on stages and stuff all the time. I have to apply each and every time. You never know when you're gonna get it. You have someone looking and seeing like, is she, is she full of it or, or not? Those sessions are much more credible than people hosting their own masterclasses. Now, once you go to a session, you're like, okay, this person is legit. I can follow them. This room is full. Clearly they've been in the industry. People understand what they're, what they're talking about. Now I can go and consume more of their content. Also, don't do it for everybody. At Source, I don't even know how many speakers there are, like a hundred. Don't follow all of us. Pick the ones that resonate with you the most and follow like one to three, right? And then get that down and then move on to the next area where you need help and support because otherwise you're going to overwhelm yourself when you're first getting started and you're going to get thrown off your center. The most important thing that you need to protect when you're a business owner is your alignment and your freedom. You did not get into this to be shackled down to a job again. So don't create a job for you, Build a business. If you're going to do that, you have to keep your eye on it because it happens super fast, super quickly that you can create a job for yourself. Second thing is alignment. Remember, like I said before, You are the one who's running your business. Don't let the information, the external outside that you're gaining, which is necessary in order to move forward, throw you off what your original goals are and keeping your eye on that North star that should be guiding your your journey, your own personal hero's journey through entrepreneurship. And actually, I guess there's a third thing. It's supposed to be fun, just as a heads up. Like it's not supposed to feel crappy every single day. You should be enjoying the ride. It should feel exhilarating. There are going to be days that are hard. There are going to be ups and they're going to be downs, but keep in mind and keep the perspective up. Being an entrepreneur is fun. Burnout is optional. I don't have to do things I don't want to do. And as you move forward, you'll start to be like, oh, wait a minute, I really don't like that kind of client. How do I fix my systems? How do I fix my marketing, my message? So I never have to do that again because I'm supposed to be having fun and that was not fun.
1: Yeah, that's good. And then that's when they hire you.
0: And that's when they hire me, when you get there. When you get there, that's when you hire me.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Lastly, do you you have anything cool that you are working on right now that you want to plug? Oh, the cool thing working on.
0: Um, My newest service is bioenergetic business coaching, where we do talk about alignment um, and staying true to that center, understanding what the root cause of any blockages have been to your energy and cash flows and helping you manifest your goals out into the world so you can flourish in business and in life. So you can check that out at flourishmarketing.co, not .com, flourishmarketing.co slash coaching. And if you're like, okay, I don't know about that yet, but I kind of do want to know where I'm blocked. That's fine. I have a free thing. You can go to flourishmarketing.co slash quiz dash B-E-B-C. Bob, Edgar, Bob, Charlie. Flourishmarketing.co slash quiz dash B-E-B-C. And you can take a quiz to understand what's holding you back from uh, building your entrepreneur empire.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for being a part of the podcast. I think there was, I think we could just keep going on for hours, but I want to respect your time. So I appreciate you coming on and and doing this. It was awesome. And, uh, yeah. Is there anything else you want to leave us with? No, just
0: lots of gratitude to you and the listeners. Thank you for having me on. And I just send everybody love and light. Thank you.
1: All right. Awesome. Till next time. We'll see you around. Bye.